Get all your video production and editing questions answered with Andy Owen of TechSmith today here on the Fanny Dunnigan Show. Join us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fanny Dunnigan Show, where every other week I come to you with creator tips, tools, and tales. And every week I feature, every other week, I should say, I feature a different content creator from different industries and backgrounds to share with you ways to improve your content creation journey. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth area. Let's see who's out there. Oh, I see Rick. Hey, Rick, welcome. Welcome, so glad you could join us. Rick, you were on the, uh, the CG Hour show yesterday. That's awesome. Thank you for continuing to support me and the show. Chris O'Connor, everyone, be sure to connect with Chris O'Connor. She hosts an amazing conference every year. Chris, you're going to have to share with people about that, uh, all about SEOs and um, state of search. That's what it is, state of search conference. So, Chris, you'll have to share with people some details on that. And, uh, oh, we have somebody from Minneapolis. Hey, Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. This is awesome. And, uh, oh, Rick, I didn't know you're from Kentucky. That's cool. My husband's from Kentucky as well, so I go there a lot. Um, great state. And uh, spring in Kentucky is always gorgeous. So thank you, everyone. Welcome. This is going to be a very exciting show for everyone that's interested in videos. So be sure to introduce yourself in the comments below. Use this opportunity to network with other people in the comments. It's a great way to grow your network. So I challenge you to connect with at least three new people that you meet in the comments. 
There's some fabulous people out there and you never know what it could lead to. Collaborations, partnerships, uh, jobs, clients, you just never know. So be sure to network with each other in the comments and tag somebody to join the show if you think they'll be interested in it. We're going to talk all about video production and editing. That's some of the top questions that I always get. So I thought I'd introduce and um, bring on the guest today about that. But before I do that, um, normally G is our community manager and she's out there supporting you guys and making sure I don't miss any questions and important comments. But instead, um, my marketing assistant is covering for her today. So everyone, please say hi to Rebecca Poford, who is joining me as community manager today. Hey, Rebecca, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Yourself? Awesome. Excited for the show. Yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. So she will make sure I don't miss any of your questions. Uh, thank you for joining us and be sure to connect with her. She just started out. It's been, has it been a month, Rebecca? It's been a Almost. month. Almost. I'm 14th of <laughs> Right? Yes. So congrats on your almost one month anniversary with Pathways. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you in the comments, Rebecca. Thanks for your help. Okay, folks. So... As I go through the show, what I've started doing this season is to give you guys show notes so that you can follow along. And uh, Rebecca is going to give you this link uh, in the comments as well. But if you go to this link, it's going to give you the show notes. And with these show notes, what you can do here, when you click on that link that Rebecca is gonna share, you're gonna get my show notes. And this is where you can click and type in, this is a Canva template. You could just type in your notes from this live show that we're gonna have with Andy Owen. And uh, you're going to get a summary of my content tip of the week, which I'll be outlining very soon. And then you can also jot down your notes on the show as we go along. And it's a great way to capture the ideas that you're gonna get out of this show. And then you're also going to see in two weeks, my guests for the show, uh, which will be Chaz Wilson. We're gonna talk about the monetization of content. So lots of things happening. Be sure to click on that link that you see in the comments and uh, you'll get the show notes there. Okay, so that leads me to my next section of the show, my content tip of the So this week, I'm going to talk all about the art of writing a post. So we put our pictures up on LinkedIn, we put our images, we put our videos, PDF carousels, all types of content up on LinkedIn. But then there's a whole section for you to write the captions or the text or the copy of the post. And there's a certain nuance to it to be sure to maximize your uh, output of that post. And so I thought I'd talk about the different structure and parts of a post and what you need to include every time you write a post and then some ideas and tips on how to structure it. So if you are following the show notes, that will be this graphic right here, and I'm gonna talk you through it. So as far as the art of writing a post, there's a certain structure to it, okay? Every post, the very first sentence, okay? You should have a hook of the post, okay? This is a catchy sentence or question where you ask the audience, are you struggling with so-and-so or blank, right? Or do you need help with so-and-so? Or these are the five best practices of whatever, or these are the three tips to whatever. So that's going to be your hook, whether it's a striking statement or a leading question, that's a great way to hook in your audience right from the get-go. And then from there, 
you have the body of your post. Okay, this is where you give your tips or your story or some key elements of what you're trying to share to educate or inform or entertain your audience. And that's the meat of the post. From there, you're going to have a call to action. Okay, this is where you tell people to follow me for more tips on content or be sure to register for this event. Right? You have to have a call to action. And finally, this is a part that a lot of people don't um, include, but it's really pivotal to engage your audience. And that is to be sure to have a question, right? End with a question and ask the audience something like, um, share with me your tip of creating content or what is most, uh, what was the most impact to you about this post? Or are you struggling with this also? Share your story and so forth. So it leaves the audience with a question and then that way they have a um, avenue to comment or a way to reply to your posts and that helps to increase engagement and viewership and comments on your feed. And that also creates an open dialogue between you and your audience. And then finish out your posts with hashtags and tags. And uh, with the hashtags, make sure you don't overdo it. Five to seven is great. And if you are identifying some people, tag them in the posts. But again, don't overdo it. Make sure it really is relevant to the person that you're referring to. Okay. And then as far as the content, I would say four things to kind of remember. Appeal to people's heads give them facts and figures and tables or statistics or tips, okay? But then illustrate it and share a personal story to go along with it. Appeal to their heart as well, okay? So share maybe two or three sentences that appeals to their heart or something that's personal to illustrate their point. That way your post is both professional as well as personal, and that's a great combination for LinkedIn. And so that's my content tip of the week, the art of writing a post. Let me know if that helped you in any way. Um, and uh, I see here with Anna, she says here, uh, oh, yes, there you go. Anna says, I've seen people be the first to comment on or answer their own question. What do you think about that? Yes, I actually don't mind that at all. Um, sometimes it's just a great way to kind of like kick off the engagement, especially if you have a link to something that you want to refer to. Feel free to put that into the post. It just kind of kicks off the algorithm a little bit and gets people to start engaging and interacting. So I fully support that, Anna. Okay, so let's move on here and get to the meat and body of this show, we are going to talk all about video production and editing. And I'm so excited to bring on this guest. Everyone, please join me in welcoming Andy Owen of TechSmith, video production specialist, video manager, and just video guru all around. Well, all the titles work. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Fanny. My pleasure. How's it going, Andy? Good. I'm very cold. I'm in Michigan. When you said you guys are in Dallas, Fort Worth, I'm like, I bet our temperatures are different right now. And yes. my hands are freezing. I'm in an unfinished basement. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a little chilly. I that, love the lighting over there. <laughs> it's easy to, to make an unfinished basement look good because I've just got a plain wall. You throw a colored light on it. It's beautiful. It's very easy to oh, fix. There's something <laughs> really great. I mean, not to derail things, but there's something really great mm -hmm. about lighting, right? That just oh, like 100% sparks everything. So yeah. before we continue, I want to read to everyone this bio of Andy. In case you didn't know, Andy has been a video producer for 20 years and has worked for schools, nonprofits, mid-sized corporations, and post-production houses, all before starting and running his own company, Owen Video, for 10 years. Since he joined TechSmith in 2017, he has tripled their YouTube channel views and doubled the watch time all while engaging more with their online audience. Now Andy loves to help people learn how to make their first video or to find small but impactful ways to level up their already established 
video creation process. You are video, 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 Andy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a one-trick pony. It's what I have. No. <laughs> hey, I am. these I love, days, we can't live you know, without it. You're not wrong. I mean, that's the thing. It's been such a shift the past few years, especially. Um, even some of the tips that I would have given you, you know, two years ago, I'm not going to give you anymore because the world has changed and we accept different things from video that we wouldn't have previously. And so it's been interesting, you know, to be in video for 20 years and suddenly have 18 of it not yeah. quite be as true as it used to be. So there's there's a lot that has um, kind of organically arisen from uh, just the, the necessity of the past few years. Oh, yeah. And the pandemic kind of like sped up everything video. Yep. Exactly. Um, we couldn't help it. Like we all got on Zoom. Zoom became a household name. You remember when you used to say like, oh, we'll Skype together. No one says Skype anymore. <laughs> it's all Zoom. What's Skype? So yeah, exactly. It's it's 100% true. And it's, I, I mean, when I say like things that we wouldn't, wouldn't accept, I mean, the low quality of webcams, you know, that used to be just kind of like, well, well, I would never record that. Absolutely, you can record that now. Like everyone's got a webcam. We expect that like there's a webcam, yeah. you know, video waiting to be made. And that's okay. Like that's, that's how you make your first video. A lot of people want to level up their gear before they make a video. But I think just in the past couple of years, we've seen like, that's not, that's not important. It's okay to make the video with what you've got right now. It is. But tell people a little bit about your journey. Cause you came from like videos at schools and yeah. weddings and your own company to now TechSmith, which is like an amazing company. And we'll talk a yeah. bit more about that, but like, tell us how that journey of your career evolved. Um, gosh, it's, so I, I went to college for it. I, I went to college for film studies uh, and broadcasting and communications. So it was kind of the intent always to go into video production or film production of some kind. Um, and then leaving school, uh, I worked, you know, various jobs, whether it's for a post-production house or nonprofit, kind of that like right out of college career path uh, that everyone's still trying to figure out their, their way. And I found a great job eventually at a school district where I was in charge of the video studio at the high school and the entire district's um, uh, you know, projector system, every classroom had a projector and so, uh, and digital whiteboards. And I was in charge of all that. Um, and then the recession hit. And so in 2008, I was laid off from this job that I loved and started my own business because there was no one hiring. <laughs> and so, especially for video. Uh, and so when I started my own business, it was originally for corporate clients, um, but I didn't enjoy it that much, uh, and kind of fell backwards into filming weddings and who would have believed it? I ended up loving it, did it for 10 years. Um, and so just, <clears throat> excuse me, just like saying yes to things that I, I wasn't sure about weddings in particular, cause that always scared me. Everyone always says, oh, you were brave to go into weddings. And I thought so too. Like I, I absolutely had you no have interest to deal in with that. Bride <laughs> and you know what? I, it's exactly. And it ended up being such a great experience. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, mm. but I was also a stay at home dad during the time. So when mm. I was laid off, my wife was seven months pregnant. And so mm. I decided to stay at home, uh, with the kids and do video part-time. Um, and yeah. that was a perfect situation for us. And then when my kids were old enough, uh, I had gotten to a point where I either had to grow the business or shrink the business. And I decided I love doing video and I'm doing more like business ownership at that yeah. point. And I missed the video and I wanted to get back to it. So, uh, TechSmith was hiring. It was just perfect timing. And uh, I applied and I got the job and I've been there about five years now. Yeah. And for those people that don't know, and the reason that I invited Andy to this um, show is I'm a huge, huge fan of TechSmith because it makes Camtasia. And Camtasia has been one of my favorite video editing tools. I've used it for over a decade, actually. And uh, it's really kind of morphed into more and more pr prominence. It used to be like an yeah. educational training kind of tool. And now it does so much other purposes and things. But for those people that don't know what it is, Andy, if you could share with people what TechSmith is and the company and what yeah. it does. I was going to say, before I do that, it's funny you mentioned educational because when I, when I worked at the school district back in about 2007 or 2006, I discovered Camtasia and I was teaching teachers how to edit videos using Camtasia. Mm. I would record, I would actually record Premiere and then uh, use Camtasia to share out those videos. So even I was using it before I worked for TechSmith. Yeah. Um, Camtasia, Camtasia and TechSmith in general, TechSmith has been around for almost, no, over 30 years now. 
Uh, and Actually, I want to ask real quick, just yeah. to poll the audience real quick. For those of you that are in the audience, let us know whether you've heard of Camtasia or not, or what video editing tools you use, yeah. or, or none at all at this point. But uh, share with us that in the comments. But please continue, Andy. Yeah. So, um, so TechSmith in general is they started with uh, Snagit. A lot of people have heard of Snagit, and uh, some people don't even realize that both Snagit and Camtasia are owned by the same company and always have been. A lot of people are like, "Oh, did TechSmith buy Snagit, or te did TechSmith buy Camtasia?" But nope, TechSmith has always been the parent company of uh, these two products, and uh, both of them kind of start in the in the avenue of screen recording, right? The idea is capture what's on your screen and be able to share it out with anybody. Uh, Snagit really is more still image capture, but also has video and webcam recording. And Camtasia started as just screen recording. And like I said, I would bring it into Premiere or I would record Premiere with Camtasia and then edit it in Premiere because at the time it wasn't as much of an editor. Well, now Camtasia is a full-fledged screen recorder, video editor, compositor. It does anything you need it to in the process of video editing uh, and screen recording and, and more. So. Um, Camtasia has been kind of the uh, the one-stop shop. In fact, when you get hired at TechSmith as the video guy, and I came in saying, you know, I use Premiere Pro and I use Final Cut Pro and I can use DaVinci Resolve and I've had to use Avid in the past. I learned on Media 100. Like, I know video editing. I've, I've used a number of sources. And I'd only used Camtasia as a screen recorder. But now, since I've been here for five years and I run a team of, uh, you know, one full-time video editor and some interns, uh, we've switched a lot of what we do to almost fully Camtasia. Uh, in fact, the only times that we're not using Camtasia is when we might do a multi-cam edit and sync multiple sources. And there's a real technical, you know, um, uh, set of things that we need to do that really it wasn't built for. Um, it was built for screen recording, video editing, yeah. and it does those things well. And just, gosh, there's a ton of companies that use it uh, through yeah. all these. And here's all those kind of tools that you mentioned, right? Let us mm -hmm. know if any of you, oh, yes, I see in the chat, Martha, she uses Snagit, um, and uh, tons of people have used it here. Yeah, Martha uses Snagit, uh, Dolores uses Snagit. So yes, you have some fans here. So all of that <laughs> rolls up through TechSmith, guys. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the other products you're seeing on screen there, uh, obviously assets for Camtasia and assets for Snagit are like libraries so that you can subscribe and have more stock assets and templates and um, so much more media to work with. Um, but the other two products are Nomia, which is our uh, screen sharing platform, or excuse me, not screen sharing platform, video sharing platform. Um, and then video review, uh, which is what it sounds like. If I'm done with a video and I want my team to check it out and find mistakes, I can upload it to video review and they'll take a chance to kind of go through and on the timeline mark certain things that they notice and they can mark up the video. And uh, it's a really useful oh. tool for teams who are creating videos. That one I do need to check out because I do a lot of collaboration with my editors and it's always like, oh. okay, this timestamp, right. this edit, this timestamp, it's, it's tedious. It's so much better to have it on the actual timeline rather than like trying to write out those notes. Cause I've been there. I've had those like, you know, the time code notes sent and it's like oh, a page long of time code changes it and it's awful. So video it review is. has helped uh, our process a lot internally. I mean, it's one of those things that I use it all the time internally. I'm glad we have it. I need to, I need to get on that. I didn't know about that. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so we have a whole variety of audience members here. An audience, let us know, like, are you hashtag beginner or hashtag advanced video person? Uh, let us know both from the production side as well as the editing side. So let us know, hashtag beginner or hashtag advanced. But uh, we're going to cover a whole bunch of tips today with Andy uh, all about video. So let's start with video production first, Andy. Um, yeah. And like, as far as production, what exactly is included within production? When you say video production, what does that include? Lights, camera, action, right? So uh, production is is everything. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna use a lot of terms talking about being on a film set, but that's not at all what it has to be, right? Production is me sitting here at my desk with the light on me and the camera recording me and the microphone. This is production. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But if I if I'm talking about you know in a studio, then we've got our lights on, we've got our camera and our microphone. So just like what we're doing now, um, just on a different scale. And so production can be anything from uh, you holding your phone up and recording yourself 
Um, but production is the the recording of video. Uh, it's the second stage of video uh, mm -hmm. after pre-production, which is planning, scripting, storyboarding, uh, any of that kind of you know uh, in advance uh, working. If you're if you're doing interviews, you want to come up with your interview questions in advance, so you're not just kind of winging it. As Fanny, mm -hmm. I'm sure is well aware. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So you don't want to just show up the day of and be like, "What do I want to ask?" Um, yeah. So production is that second stage where, okay, we've got everything, we've prepared for it, we're ready to roll, uh, let's record and get some footage uh, and uh, move on to the third stage, right? Which is post-production, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Got it. Um, so looking at the comments there, it looks like we have a lot of beginners. So let's start with some like how to get started kind of yeah. tips when it comes to production. And I kind of think of it as like, uh, it might be, I always think of production as like the process of recording something or mm -hmm. recording the video, right? And then all Absolutely. the aspects around it, right? So as far as tips for that, what would you say to, um, I think we have a lot of beginners. So beginners, what would you say to them? I would say that lights, camera, action is not right. It should be mics, lights, camera, action. Ah. Uh, Number one should be microphones. And I, I think far and away, the most important thing of any recording, whether it's a live broadcast, whether it's recording to, I almost said recording to tape, so I'm going to date myself, um, but whether it's recording to memory <laughs> cards. Andy. Right. Uh, how to scotch tape? Never mind. Um, so whatever you're recording to, uh, microphone is going to be the most important thing. At TechSmith, we actually do, it's not quite an annual video viewer survey, but every so often, every few years, we do a recurring video viewer survey, and thousands of people answer this survey. And every year, I think since 2013 that we've done it, um, when people are asked, what is the number one thing that will turn you off of watching a video? It's always bad audio. Mm -hmm. People will suffer through blurry footage. They'll suffer through, you know, kind of a poorly composed shot. Yeah. They don't want to listen to bad audio. If, if it's got a terrible noise, if it's got, you know, uh, if it's too quiet or if they're shouting into the microphone and blowing it up, they just won't tolerate it. So a good microphone and good yep. quality recording. Uh, is going to be number one on my video production tip list. And I think the other thing from just having a good microphone, because I will say for beginners especially, like microphones can be more daunting than you think. Like it, There's a lot to choose like, from. Absolutely. There's there's a lot to choose from. And, and does anyone want to explain gain to a beginner? Because gain isn't just volume adjustment, right? It's it, There's so much more to audio recording. But you don't need to know any of that. Like <laughs> I can't stress that enough. It doesn't matter. Get a microphone, get a USB microphone, get a, a Blue Yeti or a Sennheiser, this or there's all sorts Yeti. of great. That's what I've got right here. See, right there's your promotion for Blue Yeti. They're not even paying us. So Blue Yeti, if you're paying attention. But um, feel free to pay us. Yes. Absolutely. Please. We're right here. Um, and it and comes in slick of... colors. Yours is it white. Does. Mine's is silver. I love my white one. I'm, I'm very, yeah. Oh, there was, I really uh, like I think that white one. Cool. A coworker okay. has a blue one. Like it, I've seen some cool ones. Um, but Blue is the brand, and they also make the Snowball microphone, and they have you know a number of others. And uh, Rode yes. Mics has a number of good microphones. Um, I, I really like some of Shure's models, the S-H-U-R-E. But regardless, if you can get yourself a USB microphone, you're already steps ahead of where you were you know, a day before. Um, yeah. and, and then you can start learning it. But don't fear you know, leveling up because you don't understand audio production. You know, I think, um, especially with USB microphones, the level is set pretty low nowadays for, for the barrier for entry is set pretty low. Like anyone can kind of step into this and, yeah. um, it's, it's important to keep your microphone a safe distance from your mouth. And when I mean safe, I just mean, you know, I typically, uh, we have a rule at TechSmith, Matt and I, and a few other coworkers, we put our, our, uh, thumb and our pinky out and, we want to be about that far away from our microphone. So if you've got your microphone about your thumb to pinky distance, it should be good. It's usually about six to eight inches away from your mouth. Uh, oh, usually not usually not directly into your mouth. It's You can see mine is just a little bit below, yeah. so I'm speaking over it. Yeah. Um, just a good mic and good kind of basic rules around using your microphone, mm -hmm. you've already leveled up. And even like, I guess, if someone's recording on their phone, I think mm -hmm. just even having that, that white um, Apple headset it helps Absolutely. to kind of like direct the sound, right? I agree. Yeah. I see you. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think the, um, uh, I will say I have Apple AirPods in right now. I don't love Apple AirPods quality, but I do love yeah. the wired, uh, I love the wired Apple headset. Yeah. They, they yeah. sound fantastic. And so, um, Agreed. that's a great option. I, I would say even people who use, um, their laptop or computers onboard mic, 
It's not my favorite option, but it's a microphone nonetheless. But again, if I'm this far away from my good microphone, it starts sounding worse and worse. But as you get closer to any microphone, it sounds a little bit better. So if you Got are going to record using your onboard microphone, just get a little closer to it. Yeah. Number two, what's your production tip? Number two is going to be around lighting. So we said mics, lights. Um, and I think lights aren't something you have to buy. Um, mm. Lights can be something that you rearrange, right? So um, you'll, I mean, first of all, if you do buy a light and, you know, a lot of people are going to buy a ring light, um, that's mm -hmm. great. Ring light works fantastic. But you also don't have to go with the default straight ahead look of a ring light. Everyone wants to put it around the camera, which is standard. That's what they yes. you know, teach you to do. But then I'll get the question immediately. How do you avoid glare in your glasses? Yeah. Yeah. 45 that's a degree big angle. One. Yeah. Just move it, move it off to the side, get it out of your uh, direct, you know, direct view and put it in your periphery. Um, right because tip. right now I've got, I've got one light on my face and one light it's pink in the background. Um, and the light on my face isn't directly in front of me. It's, it's off to the side. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of shadow on the other side, but that's okay. That's, that's what life looks like. You know, if you're out and about, you're not going to get perfectly even lighting on everyone's face. So, um, one good light kind of off to not quite a 45 degree angle, but you know, just a little bit off to the side. Um, and the reason I like the pink background, aside from the fact that again, I'm in an unfinished basement is, uh, it separates me from the background. So yeah. If I was doing standard three-point lighting, there would be one light here and one light there and a light illuminating the back oh, of my hair. Oh, let me hair. make you bigger so you can share that. I know, I'm trying to keep my hands in. <laughs> Do that again. Um, yeah, so there's there's one light in front of you uh, and then a softer light to the side, which is called, there's, there's the key light and then the fill light. And then behind you, there would be a light broadcasting kind of into the back of your hair, kind of illuminating you like a halo. Um, but what I've done, I only have two lights here at home. And so I have one light on my face from the side and this pink light, which is only that far off camera, um, illuminating the wall with a different color to make me stand out from the back background. And so I actually chose a black sweatshirt on purpose with a light background so that there'd be some contrast between the two. So lighting, mm. I, again, I probably just made it sound like super, <laughs> uh, super overwhelming. I used to yeah. use a lamp. I mean, if you have yeah. a table side lamp, move it closer. And it's all lamp. like a progression, right? Like Absolutely. if you're a beginner, then you can, just do like a lamp, right? But then as Please, you get more yeah. advanced for those people in the audience that are more advanced, then start looking at Andy's tip around three types, right? Three um, lighting, yeah. Name those three again. Sure, three point lighting is a key light, which is gonna be your main light. Key and then light. a fill light. Yep. Fill light. Uh, the, the fill light kind of does the, the secondary softer look on the shadowy side. And then a hair light, also known as a rim light. Hair light, awesome. I think you froze on us, so we can still hear you. Oh, sorry. But your image is frozen. Yeah, that's that <laughs> we'll sounds. We'll keep about on right. going. <laughs> okay. Can you still hear me then? I we can. Well, hopefully okay. you'll refresh. Yes, uh, the joy of live for sure. But um, there we go. And number three. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you know what? Can I revisit the the second one actually? Uh, yes. The other thing I was going to say is a lot of people's homes nowadays have can lights, the kind of the recessed mm -hmm. lighting. One thing you want to avoid with direct lighting above you is not standing straight under it. Uh, that's something a lot of people just kind of get used to having the light above them and shining down, but you want it on your face. So if you have a light shining directly down on you, you need to step back from it or put it behind you, but not directly under. If you're directly under it, it's just going to give you some horrible shadows that you really don't want to yes. see in video. No, no, no one wants the dark shadows. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, tip three, I can uh, move on to that. I think, and this is the one that I would say this, this tip has almost changed because of the past few years and our uh, acceptance of different types of and qualities of video, but it's kind of a habit for a lot of people when they're recording with their phone to hold their phone. Whenever possible, if you look at, you know, Fanny's camera or my camera, neither one of them is being held right now. They're on a tripod yeah. or a stand. Um, and you want as often as possible to give your camera some kind of stability. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can, you know, put it on a table or a shelf, uh, that's helpful too. Um, I have kind of some examples of little cheap tripods. Well, this one's not oh, so cheap. But, you froze uh, again, Andy. Did I freeze? I'm so yes. sorry. This is, Let me, well, oh.
There we go. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, I do have these little tripods. And so if I want to record with my phone, I just get a little uh, bendable legged tripod and I can put it wherever I need to. And, and uh, these things are nice because they'll just twist wherever you want. I can wrap them around a pole and uh, clamp my phone into it. And mm -hmm. I've got a, I've got a recorder. There's also a little switch pod. And uh, this one's a little fancier. This is probably, you know, over a hundred dollars. Um, what is that called? A switch pod? It's called a switch pod. Yep. And it's nice. got a phone clamp up top. Uh, and this thing, I'll, I'll tell you what, I love this thing. This, this is kind of a game changer for me, but uh, it turns into a tripod and then it can also be kind of a selfie stick that you walk around with. But it's the tripod part that I like because I can set it down and it's got a, a rotating ball head for the top. And then uh, I can have a stable shot wherever I am. So uh, again, more often than used to be true, people are okay with slightly shakier videos and a lot of phones and cameras are coming with better stabilizers. Uh, but overall, I would like a stable shot if I'm watching a video. That that kind of ongoing joke of, oh, I'm gonna make you sick watching the video. Don't for make sure. anyone sick. <laughs> Keep it stable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in the comments, Rick Melton said, <laughs> Yes, there are definitely lots of cheap tripod options from Amazon, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but as you, and again, like, it really just depends on your journey, right? If you're starting mm -hmm. out, then get those um, inexpensive items. But as you get bigger and more complex into your production, then yeah. you can start to invest in some of the, the more fancy equipment. Yeah, I think the the phone clamp and the the bendy legged guy. I think you can find something like this for twenty dollars on Amazon. I mean, they're really very very affordable, and so you know, almost no reason not to get one. And for those of you in the audience, let us know any questions you have along the way, because like maximize your time right now with Andy, and uh, we'll get all your video questions answered. And any other tips for production, or we can move yeah, to I editing. Just one last one, and it's simply that I hope everyone kind of clued into the fact that I didn't say anything about buying a better camera. Mm. It's not important. Um, I think it's important if you're going into film, if you're going into, I mean, here I am sitting here with, you know, I have a nice quality camera, I know I do, um, but only when my internet works, I do. Um, but your phone, your phone is a great camera. And until you really level set and done so many videos that, oh, I have to have X, Y, and Z features of the newest, latest, greatest phone or camera, there's no reason to upgrade until you absolutely positively can't live without whatever feature it comes with. Um, <laughs> there are definitely times where a, a DSLR or a mirrorless camera will be beneficial or really a full-fledged film camera. But if your goal isn't to go into film production, then why add that extra pain point in your life? So I think, um, and I saw Rick actually just put a great yeah. question there, storage. Absolutely, storage is a consideration. When you're recording using your phone, you're gonna run out of storage real fast. So yeah. uh, it is something I that- send I send them do. all to the cloud. <laughs> exactly, I was gonna say, you gotta offload that footage really fast because uh, yes, it will fill up quickly. And um, so, so cloud storage is great, but also once you've uploaded your video, delete it, you don't need the raw footage. So mm -hmm. um, I think putting it, if you're making your videos for YouTube or for you know uh, another platform, once you've got it up there, you've got it archived. Unless you really wanna come back to that raw footage at some point later, yeah. you don't need to keep every piece of footage on your phone. Okay. I'm, I'm a little bit of a phone storage hoarder. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yep. uh, Rick had another question here, Mac or PC? Um, is, is this as far as storage, Rick, or let us know in the comments or just general editing, but maybe we can answer it from both sides. Sure. Andy. I, I mean, I'll tell you personal preference. I'm a Mac person. I do love, I Me do too. love my Macs. Yeah. Um, but Camtasia can work on both. So as far as if it's, you know, what video editor to use, Premiere works on both. Final Cut's only going to work on Macs. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of different options. If it's, um, uh, if it's video editing, I do prefer using my, yeah, there it is. I was oh, going to say, if it's video editing, mm -hmm. I do prefer using a Mac. I feel like it's just a smoother process overall. PCs yeah. are just fine too. I started on a, on a Windows machine. I learned on a Windows machine. Actually, no, I learned on a Mac, but that was a really old Mac. It doesn't look like they do now. <laughs> so um, I find the resolution on Macs really, yeah. really sharp for like Absolutely. good editing, like of minute details and things like that. Very true. Yeah, the the um, retina screens are just hard to beat. So, hope that yeah, I'm, answers I'm your guy. question, Rick. Thank you for the question. Um, so now, well, that ties in nicely to our next segment of editing.
right? Like yep. now that we have the recording, now that we have the equipment, we have our video, let's talk about editing. So um, I think my first tip, and I'm, I'm kind of reading my own tips out of order, is um, asset management. Ah. So this is one you just said like you're a storage hoarder on your phone, right? So uh, if if anyone's a storage hoarder on their computer, <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> bringing it up again. Um, but if anyone's a storage hoarder on their computer or an external hard drive, and it just becomes like a dumping ground of footage and their you know unnamed files, or you open up a new project and what is you know even Camtasia when you open a new project, it's called untitled. You need to name it and you need to name it something that you're going to recognize, not untitled one. Um, that's, <laughs> I think, one of the biggest things I have. Um, I didn't share a link with you today, but I can later if we want to. But I have a video on YouTube about, you know, asset management. And I have a very specific folder structure that I go through uh, with asset management. It is so important if you plan on ever opening this project a second time because mm -hmm. things just get moved around. Um, if anyone's editing on any other platform, Camtasia, uh, like Final Cut, both those programs will save all of your assets in the software. Makes for a bigger file sometimes. But Premiere, if I'm editing in Premiere and I move a file, yeah. Premiere has lost that file. It doesn't know where it went. Um, yes. And so it's very That's easy if I've named it to find it again. Mm. Yeah. Do you have like some naming convention tips, Ashley, while we're on this topic? Yeah, sure. Um, for my folder structure, when I'm doing naming, I actually do a 0, 1, 0, 2, kind of, I always put the number so that I have the folders that I want up top, up top. For example, uh, the most important folder to me is going to be my projects folder. So that's 0, 0 projects. 0, 1 is my footage folder, because ah. that's next important to me. 0, 2 is my audio folder. And under that, I have music and narration. So there's even subfolders. Um, and I go through all that. I feel like I'm explaining something very visual, like with my words, and I don't know if this is going to take very well, but, uh, numbers go a long way for me in keeping like that. Uh, it organized. And then I have that saved as, um, <laughs> I'm going to show myself as such a nerd, but on my <laughs> external hard drive, I have a underscore template. And the reason I do that is because a will show up first in my folders, uh, on uh. my external hard drive. So anytime I need to find my template, I just grab it and duplicate it. And then I rename it for what I want. And I've got all my subfolders already saved there. And I just go in and add the footage to them. That's a really good tip because I'm always um, naming it with words. But mm -hmm. to your point, name it with numbers to start with or letters. Right. And then that way they'll sort itself through the numbering system or the alphabetical system. Right. And it used to be that I would do, you know, my folders would be called video and audio. And of course, audio is going to be top and video is going to fall way to the bottom because of the letter V. And so that was when I started using the numbers because I, I always was getting into that video folder and I didn't want to have to scroll at all mm -hmm. to find it. So yeah, the numbers went a long way to helping me. Um, okay. As far as naming footage, that gets a little dicier because, you know, no matter what camera you use, whether it's an iPhone or a DSLR, it's always going to name it some number numbered convention. So if you're using, you know, if you're making a ton of video clips, then I would say I probably skip this step. I don't always name every every video clip. Yeah. If I'm only doing one or two, I'll, I'll try to name it what the title of the video is going to be. Got it. Okay. What's the next tip? Next tip is going to be uh, keep rolling. So I know that's actually a, it's a production tip, um, but the reason I say keep rolling, don't stop rolling your camera. So if you're if you're talking and you mess up, don't stop. Keep rolling because now we go into the editor and we can actually trim all that out. Um, mm. But so many people, myself included, are perfectionists and want to get it right on that take. Yeah, and I want to read all. And the have way the perfect through. sentence. Yeah, it it doesn't exist, right? I mean, it like if it does, some people can do it, but I can't. Then it do sounds it robotic, time. actually, if it's too it rehearsed. And honestly, like it. it we all make mistakes, but you will spend way longer than you need to. And you will find video to be an overwhelming process because you have to perfect it every time. But if you can learn to just, okay, take a breath and go from where you left off, then you yeah. can edit that gap out and keep going. So it is an editing tip. It's also a production tip where just keep rolling and edit it out later. And I sometimes also try to like keep my head in the exact yes. same position. So it doesn't look too edited, right? Versus like, well, you know. <laughs> and so this this is a um, another thing that's kind of come up since the pandemic and since everyone's been, you know, at home is we started accepting, that's called a jump cut where, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here and then 
I took a breath and I cut and now I'm starting out here. And so yeah. there's that kind of jump between frames. It's a little more accepted now. YouTube's made it much more accepted where people are less likely to worry about it. When I was coming through, you know, film school, that was absolutely not acceptable. You cannot do a jump cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep going. And if you need to do that jump cut, yeah, like I like that tip, Fanny. Just like hold your head still where you were, or if you can, if my elbow is up, keep the elbow up. <laughs> Whatever. Because sometimes I'll like pause and then I'll like just move my eyes and go look at my script, and then yeah. I like, oh yeah, okay. and then I just move my eyes and go back to the camera. Absolutely. I learned so this one actually I took from uh, there was a many people know Casey Neistat was a YouTube influencer yes. for a long time and uh, still is he just does less now. Um, but he said one time he said I only do one take. And said sometimes I mess up that take but I only do yeah. one take. Yeah. So that was so that Dolores, was a Yes, keep rolling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't stop. Absolutely. It's a hard habit because you want to, again, you want to go, oh, I, I messed up. Let me start all yeah. over again. But right. just pick it up from right. where you messed up. Got it. Okay. Next one. Next one is, and again, this is kind of a mix between uh, production and post-production, but clap while you're filming. Uh, clap two or three times, in fact. And what I mean is, and I'm going to try not to clap into my mic, but what you would do is you just do this right on camera and you make two or three loud noises, and I did it quietly, not to offend everybody. <laughs> um, this gives you some audio and visual uh, tie together points. So, you know, mm -hmm. anyone's ever seen one of those slates when they're filming that has the, you know, mark, yes. take one, scene two. Yes. It's, it's an audio visual cue so that, uh, you know, the film and the audio can be synced up together. Most of the time you won't need this. A lot of the time, like when we're recording just to our computer, the audio and video source are one and the same and they'll be together. But I'm using a USB microphone and a camera that's being run through a nice. secondary cord. When I record them, they're gonna get a little out of sync. So I can then separate my audio and video lines in the editor and make sure that this matches that spike in my audio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for I have sure. an example of that if you want me to show it too. Please, yes. Yeah. So. Um, I have Camtasia open on my screen here. Actually, let's show a quick, oh yeah. Do you want to show the um, clap first? Is that what you're saying? Or Yeah, I, can, okay. I have it over here on my, on my screen here in Camtasia. Um, so it's a little bit, I'll try and make myself a little bit larger. Uh, scale me up here a bit. Uh, basically, I, so I used a green background so you could tell that wasn't right now. <laughs> um, but as my hands come together, and this one is out of sync, uh, that's my first clap. And if you notice here is the first spike in my audio, that is not where my clap is. So the two became mm -hmm. out of sync before I even started. So right there is my clap. I'm going to right click and I'm going to separate video and audio. From there, I get a new track and I'm just going to grab either the video or the audio and try and move them a little bit together. I'm going to zoom in on my timeline here too, just so I can really see where this spike is. It should be right where my playhead is. And now when I move my hand together, bam, that's the spike. So nice. just making right that when visual... the hands meet, then exactly. that's where the spike. Oh, that visual cue. And the nice thing is the audio becomes a visual cue down here in the waveform. So when you can match those waveforms to what's happening on screen, hugely helpful. Saves a ton of time. Got it. Actually, that's a cool tip. Wear the same clothes. And then it seems like you're on the same day. <laughs> oh, that was absolutely earlier today. <laughs> But I changed my light. This is the fun thing. If anyone has an echo dot, I recommend you turn your speakers off for a second because I'm about to trigger it. But for me, I say, uh, Alexa, change the fill light to green. And now my oh, fill light. Hold green. on. Oh, hold on. I messed, did I mess up? No, no. Do it again. Do it again. Let okay. me make you big. Okay. No problem. So I'll change it back, actually. So Alexa, change the fill light to magenta. Oh, you froze. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're missing the magic trick. It's just not meant to be seen. Um, Folks, but basically, this is, I have this is live when our yeah, internet. Yeah, I have some smart us. bulbs, and and uh, the smart bulbs are very much plugged into my uh, Echo Dot, so that I can just walk into the room and tell it, and I'm going to stop saying its name because I'm absolutely going to turn my camera off if I do this because I also have my camera connected to it, um, so I can walk downstairs in the morning and just tell uh, the Echo Dot turn my studio on. And everything comes on. So this is just oh. kind of one of those fun things because I, I nerded out a while ago and bought geek. some fun toys. <laughs> you are a video geek. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely am. It's true. 
Awesome. Okay. Those are great tips. I don't normally hear tips like that. So those are wonderful. Thank you. So number one, asset management when it comes to editing. Um, number two, keep rolling. And uh, number three, clap when filming. But uh, I'd love to dive in a bit more to Camtasia and just show people sure. and whether they use Camtasia or not, right. all those things are relevant when it comes to um, editing, right? So Absolutely. I'm going to share your screen again here. Walk us through all the kind of components when editing. Absolutely. So uh, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to jump into any video editor, a lot of them are extremely similar. So you're always going to have kind of your, your media and assets bin where you save the video clips and the audio clips over here. Uh, and Camtasia, the reason it's flickering is because if you hover over it, uh, it'll actually like give you a small preview. You just can't tell because it's very, very small on this screen. Um, but there would normally be more than one clip in here. I just have this one uh, for this. Uh, then, so the media bin, I'm going to close that just because my screen's magnified right now. The canvas is the main area where you're going to see the video output that you're hopefully going to end up with. So canvas is next. And then the timeline. Uh, timeline is where your clips play out in an extended way. And the nice thing is, uh, it used to be that when I tried to teach the timeline in the days before the internet was majorly popular, man, I got to stop dating myself too. Uh, the, the concept of it was a little hard to understand. Whereas now, if you watch a YouTube video or any video, I mean, you see a timeline at the bottom. You see how long the duration of the video is. And it's kind of the same principle where this is where my footage starts. This is where my footage stops. And anywhere in between, I can make any edits that I need to. Um, over here is the properties window. You, it can be somewhere else on other editors. But properties are how you're going to manipulate the data, whether you're scaling something up and making it much larger or turning the volume up. Uh, whatever asset you've clicked on is then going to show up in your properties window. So if I click uh, the footage here that has both my voice and my face, I have two options. I have the video, which is the film strip, or the audio, which is the uh, speaker icon. So I can very quickly just drag the slider and make myself larger. Uh, I can you know, rotate, change the position, et cetera. Uh, the other thing is I don't have to use this. I can also, as you just saw, grab it in the canvas and move it around inside Camtasia. It makes it a lot easier too. Um, and a lot of people, you know, look at this and want to see, well, why is, if you're doing picture in picture, you know, you should have a round picture. It should be, you know, and we can do that too. So, so I put uh, a little mask on my face here and I make it round. So there's all sorts of effects and fun things that you can play with in Camtasia to kind of uh, make your shapes and uh, video the way you want them to look. I didn't That's know that kind of a trick quick about Camtasia. general overview. Yeah. I'm sorry, what's that? I didn't know that trick about Camtasia. I love that. Yeah, so this the mask in particular is in uh, mm -hmm. Camtasia Mac. I don't know if it's in Camtasia Window. Most things are, but this Media Mat tool came out this past year or the year before. Uh, and this actually, if you look at the icon, it shows there's kind of that word bubble. Uh, uh. And you can choose any shape and make your uh, video that shape. So if I put uh, that effect on and say, let's see, if I grab, I'll try and do this on the fly here really fast. I'll actually grab a call out. I'm not that creative. I used exactly what's in the demo of it. Uh, and then I do a media mat onto that. Mm. And let's see if this is going to work. I'm going to do it in the wrong order. Nope. I'm going to put the media mat onto this shape. You know what? I have too many effects applied is my problem. <laughs> do, 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 do. There we go. Okay. So now I've made the mm. call out into yes. a kind of see-through shape. So then I could put other video footage where the black uh, screen currently is. Right. Um, so let's see if I can. That's find. what I always love about Camtasia. You can kind of like drag and drop, right? Instead yes, of exactly. a lot of things that have to be visual. Um, and then actually, one of the cool things I love about it, I don't know if you can show like the transitions of. Oh, yeah. Like it's all there. Yep. If you want to make, let's see, I'll get rid of some of these things that are on the timeline here. Um, maybe I want to go from me on screen to me not being on screen you know i can very easily grab uh let's see i have particular favorites fade through black is a personal favorite i like a simple transition but we have lots of crazy transitions too um but if i put this on my face you know uh i can fade up from nothing if it's gonna play it's not gonna play because i'm sharing my screen too Oop. oh and mm. do, 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 do. Let me... so transitions basically are quick and easy ways to Oh, you know what? I've got too many effects. I did it again to myself. No, that that shows because it basically goes from black into that correct video that you had. Yep. So, and again, it still doesn't want to play. 
There we go. Yep. So it's, I'm doing too many layers at once. Whoa, boy, just opening everything. Again, I, I, Fanny knows this. So for those of you watching, I just apologize. My screen is magnified right now. I'm not used to this uh, gigantic <laughs> interface that I'm, I'm working on at the moment. But no, all good. We want to just magnify it so the audience could see it. But absolutely, we can. Yeah, even I can see it. That uh, so you can do a lot of things in post production, and that's kind of how I guess all the the sexiness of video editing can be done, right? Because yeah. you can really transition and and that ties into mood too don't you think like transitions Absolutely. ties so much to mood actually do you want it to talk does. a bit about mood when it comes to editing i think that's a critical point um yeah so i mean the the edit of the video is going to be kind of what sets the mood right so if you're you know i'm the funny thing is i just added a, a fall effect but if i go back to uh the fade through black effect that i had uh that's just a simple simple transition where uh, I come in from black and fade into my video. Mm -hmm. I could have done like an explosive cut or something really uh, impactful instead. Um, but two of the things that actually uh, affect the mood aren't just the edit, but also the music. Those two things in conjunction together are really going to determine uh, whether your video is, you know, intentionally uh, supportive and soft and quiet, or if it's going to be impactful and energetic and adventurous, like what is that kind of tone you want to set? Are you going to make hard cuts? Are you going to add transitions? Um, right. so a lot of that is determined in the edit. Um, but I would even say a lot of that is determined in pre-production, right? In the planning stage. So you would know in advance, like, oh, we're going to default to this fade through black, or we're going to do a color burn or a flare for our effects. Uh, we really want to get that kind of, um, artistic eye, you know, feel like it's out in nature. And, um, so there's all sorts of ways that in pre-production, you can set yourself up for success in post-production, uh, knowing that that style and that mood that you want to apply. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and let us know in the audience, like we're getting into some more like advanced tips here, but, um, you can really see the, the magnitude of things that can be done and whether it's Camtasia or any of the other video editing tools, um, obviously you, that's your favorite, but, uh, let us, you know, there's other people that kind of have other editing tools. What are Absolutely. some of the more popular ones out there if they don't end up sure, with Camtasia? I I saw in the comments, someone mentioned Filmora. You know, Filmora is mm -hmm. another one out there. Premiere Pro, obviously. Uh, Final Cut, um, DaVinci Resolve. There's there's all sorts, and each one has their own benefits. Um, I think, like, if you really want to get into video production, you really want to spend time and learn the craft, Premiere Pro and Final Cut are the tools for you. But if you want to do a tutorial or help content, if you want to do an explainer video or technical support videos, just something that, like, from your desk, you can record quickly, edit and right. send off, then Camtasia is a much better solution, in my opinion. Um, but again, it's it's the tool for the job, like any job. Yeah. You know, a carpenter is not only going to use a hammer at every job. Um, so what what is your end goal? What are you trying to achieve? And then pick the tool for you. Awesome. So one of the things that people struggle with, and even when I kind of like, you know, when it comes to content creation, sometimes it takes just a lot of time right? It's, oh, yeah. you're constantly pumping out content and you record it, then you got to edit and then post, you know, pre-production, production, post-production, post all that. Um, you were sharing with me some tips and like advice when it comes to repeatable processes. Can you talk I'm a bit about that? Me. Yes, this is one of my favorite tips. And I, I'm glad you brought it up. I thought for sure I would have brought it up by now already because I'm a bit of a broken record, but you should be using templates. Uh, mm. And I mean this throughout every process. So uh, when we write scripts for our YouTube videos as a team, we have a template that we always start from. And I mean, it's everything from the title down. We, we work through a description template. We work through a guide as to who our audience is. There's three questions we want to answer uh, before we write a script. Uh, once we get into the script, we know it's going to start with, uh, you know, in this video, we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. We do the intro and then, hi, I'm Andy from TechSmith. Have you ever mm -hmm. had problem, then solution, then? So, I mean, there's always, right. just like you were sharing at the beginning, there's always kind of this formula that you can work from. And it's not, I, I think the problem is people, especially creative people, get into a rut where they think, I can't use a template. That's not creative. Yes. I think the template 
guides you back to creativity because you don't have to spend all of your creative juices and energy focusing on every part of that video. You can focus on the content now. Uh, and so for me, there's a script template and I'm glad you shared that link. That's a free mm -hmm. script template that uh, we offer in one of our YouTube videos as a download. Use it, make it your own, customize it, You know, change it around to fit your needs. Uh, but that works really well for us. Uh, we also have uh, Camtasia templates that we use. Let me so, just pull up that template for people. So when you click yeah. on that link and you're going to see it, Rebecca's helping us share it down in the comments. This is amazing, I think. This is such a great resource for people. Can you see it on the screen? Yes. So when yeah. you click on that link um, and it's in the comments as well, walk us through this. Absolutely. So I said those are the three questions you want to know. So who's my audience? What specific problem will this tutorial solve? And what will the audience be able to do after watching this? And I think that second question is an important one. What specific problem? A lot of people want to fit like three solutions into their video, but your video should really have one, one topic. Um, and if you need to make more than one video after that, then you make more than one video. But focus on that one topic and that one solution. Uh, nice. And then throughout. There's no excuses. This tells you exactly what to say. Absolutely. This is awesome. And uh, it, I think everything's obviously written in there. And this is how we do it. But, you know, make it your own. Once you've, once you've yeah. done it a few times, you don't need the template. You can kind of make your own template. And I think that's, that's what I would really lean into is even in Camtasia, I may start with a template, but then I'm going to customize the colors and the angle and the trajectory of how things move into screen. But then I'm going to save that as my new template. So everything you've created doesn't have to, you know, go to waste. It's, oh, it's done. I've used it already. Now it's gone. No, 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 no. If you've ever watched a television show on HGTV, they have an intro. They have lower thirds. They have credits that always come in the same way. Those are the things that you can make repeatable. And that yeah. makes your production much more scalable. You can get some help with it and have other people kind of work on this with you. And if nothing else, like once you have that template, it kind of sparks ideas or jogs your memory as to what Absolutely. to say and what to think. And then you can tweak it after that. Right? Yeah. As I went through, I can say like, hi, this is Andy from TechSmith. And, to, you know, like, um, you know, in this video, we're going to teach you, like, I know kind of my my go-to lines. You know, we always say yes. that the YouTube things of, you know, make sure to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when we re release more great content. You get now, it in your head. So we also have a, um, you have a YouTube video, right? I want to give yeah. a shout out to that as to how to make a tutorial. So, so for those people out there, you'll want to check that out. Rebecca is going to share that. Walk us through what real quick, what does that do? Sure. It's about a 12 minute video where you're going to have a chance to see from the script template through the uh, actual like cutting and editing of a video through the assets that are a part of the video, uh, how to build a tutorial, how to build something that you can walk people through how to use software, or maybe you're an HR and need people to know how to, you know, get their 401k information and you're going to show them on the website. So anything that you're using, uh, these templates can kind of make your life a little bit easier or anything that you're you're creating, excuse me. So. Awesome. And then finally, really thanks for all that. these clips. You are giving our audience a free Camtasia tutorial template too, right? That's right. Yeah. So you do have to have Camtasia for this one, but there's a free trial. You can download the free trial and play with it and see if it's right for you. If you already have Camtasia, even better. Um, but the free tutorial there is from the YouTube video so that you can actually download it and walk through the YouTube video as it's happening. You've got the template in hand. Uh, the blue parts, when you see those on screen, are video placeholders. So you just drop your video right onto the placeholder spot. Uh, then there's that lower third that comes up. All those colors can be changed with the click of a button. If you've got brand colors, for example, maybe you know exactly what you know your brand scheme is, you can save those all in a theme in Camtasia and apply your theme to this, uh, to this template, and it'll automatically pull your colors in instead of the red, orange, and yellow that I used. So uh, yeah, it's, awesome. again... It's that starting point, so you don't have to start from scratch, but then you can make it your own and save it as your own template. Love it. Thank you. This hour yeah. flew by, Andy. <laughs> it did. Um, for those of you out there, make sure you connect with Andy. Um, you can find him. Where's the best place to find you? I'm on LinkedIn a lot, so LinkedIn's probably the best place to find me. Awesome. Okay. For those of you out there, this is Andy Owen. Be sure to connect with him and anything video. You post a lot of video tips as well, right? On your LinkedIn, I've seen. I do. I just did one the other day about how you have your own sound booth in your home. Just go into your closet and record your audio amongst your clothes. 
There you go. I know somebody told me I need to hang more curtains in this room to uh, it's it's to amazing minimize how much echoes, right? It really absorbs a lot of sound. Awesome. Well, hold on right there um, while I kind of announce some upcoming events, and then we'll sure close thing. out the show together. For those of you out there, just a quick reminder: the show has kind of flown by, but I want to update people on some of the upcoming events that are happening in March, uh, March fifteenth. We're going to have the Frisco Connect Job Networking Group. I'm going to be sharing with people the LinkedIn content to land your dream job. So be sure to check that out and um, message me for more details of that. On March 22nd, we have Chad Gunderson on the modern day miracle of the chosen. It's going to be talking about the biggest crowdsourcing video film project out there. So register at abtpdfw.org. March 24th, my amazing guest is going to be Chaz Wilson of Master Networks. And we're going to talk about the monetization of content, right? Now that you have all this content out there, how do you monetize it? How do you make a career out of it, make a money out of it? And, um, and then on April 21st, I'm going to have this amazing, for those of you not, that don't know him, Chris Doe with the future. I see Andy's mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pricing your work. So be sure to tune in on that. He, this Christo is the premier graphic video, everything design um, guru in my in my opinion. And uh, and he has all these great tips and advice on pricing your work. So for coaches, consultants, independent solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, whoever that has to price work. You have to tune into this episode. Um, this is, I'm so honored that he's, he agreed to come on the show. Um, so you got to look him up, Chris Doe. But um, those are all the things that are coming up very soon. So make sure you save those dates. You know, Chris Doe, Andy? I will be in the audience on that day. Right? <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is fantastic. Every time I listen to him, he's just a wealth of knowledge. Yes, yes. I'm I'm still kind of like almost in disbelief. <laughs> I hope he shows up. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure but, he will. He's, uh, yeah. he's fantastic. He is, he is. Um, so thank you, Andy. Thank you for all your wonderful production, video, editing advice. Everyone out there, make sure you connect with Andy. And um, as always, be sure to continue to shine your light share your message, share your advice, share your voice, and I hope you'll do it through video. Thank you for your time, Andy. Thank you so much. This was great, Fanny. And thank you everyone for the questions. It was wonderful.